Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. This is Tyler Chef, and I'm your host. And this week, guys, we're going to talk about how to overcome sticker shock. That's right. I said it, sticker shock. And I know each and every one of you, no matter what you're looking at, at some point is going to encounter sticker shock. And a lot of us are seeing it right now in the real estate market. Even though I've been preaching for, I don't know, 20 years now, not to focus on the price, people are still focusing on the price. They're allowing an asking price of a particular asset to impact whether or not they go any further. And it's a shame because meanwhile, while you guys are turning your back on opportunities and walking away, my team, people like me, we're still out there doing deals. We're still out there finding an opportunity. We're still out there making it happen because we're not willing to let price dictate whether or not we go any further. Understand this, asking price, a lot of you are going to disagree. Asking price does not matter. Hear me out. Let me explain what I mean. I need you to understand that for sale by owner properties, they're overpriced. Properties sold by wholesalers, they're overpriced. Bank foreclosures, they're overpriced. Listed properties by realtors, they're overpriced. All off-market properties are overpriced. And actually, they're on market because think about it. Anything that's for sale is on market. I've said that before in the past, but I need you to get on board with my line of thinking for the purposes of this episode. So stop thinking off-market is a deal because it's not a deal. Nothing is advertised ever as a deal. You have to sit down and talk to folks and create a deal. You have to discover opportunity. You want to talk about what else is expensive? Let's talk about contractor bids. Contractor bids, they're always too high. All real estate commissions are too expensive. All lawyers are too pricey. All closing costs are too costly. Think about that for a second. How many times have you thought these very same things? All lenders, I'll tell you, well, they charge too much in fees. All banks, they also charge too much in fees. Income tax, well, that's a ripoff. Sales tax, frankly, in my opinion, is theft. Property tax, that's a scam. All cable bills are too costly. All water bills are ridiculous. All electric bills are feeding a monopoly. All new cars aren't worth what they're asking. All hotels aren't worth the nightly rate. All meals at fancy restaurants are price gouging. I say that because I'm a far better cook than most of the people working in the fine restaurants these days. And that's not even being cocky. That's just reality. Don't believe me? Ask my friends and family. Mixed drinks sold at a bar? It's a ripoff. The price of a cold beer at a bar? You got to be kidding me. You can get a six pack at $9. You think that's expensive? Well, you can buy a beer for five, one beer for $5 at a bar or a six pack for nine. Do the math. It's crazy. Regardless, each and every day, Every one of us buys or pays for one of these things, no matter what. So it's easy to say something isn't desirable right out of the gate. It's real easy to pass judgment on something without even looking any further. It's an excuse to not do anything because after all, if we talk to somebody, even on an overpriced property, and heavens forbid, we found a little bit of opportunity and we created some value and it made sense to buy it. And then we had to you know, rent it or fix it and, and reposition it. That means we have to do something, and it's much easier to sit on the couch and just complain that the real estate market is too crazy right now. I'm just going to wait it out. I'm going to wait till the market shifts. I got news for you. By the time you realize the market has shifted, it'll be too late because it'll already have reached the bottom and climbed back up. That's why you can't time a market. What did I do when the market started shifting and that we went into what a lot of folks call a seller's market? I increased my marketing. Yep, that's right. I increased my marketing. I put my bigger message out there. I reached out to more people. You know what's happening now? The phone's ringing. My postcards are coming in the mail with responses. People are starting to have me evaluate their properties to see if they fit my investment criteria. And if they don't, here's the good news. I'm a licensed real estate agent. I can put on my realtor hat and I can sell their house for them. 
even if I don't want to buy it. There's opportunity all around us. I know you guys hear me say that probably about every single week. Yet, most people I talk to, all they can seem to get out is the fact that the market's hot. I'm now in one of the most pricey, as they say, real estate markets in the whole country, Key West, Florida. And I am surrounded by opportunity. Most people I talk to, even here on Key West, including the realtors, simply can't see the opportunity that's right in front of them. But that's okay because my clients, we're going to discover the opportunity. We're going to pull triggers and everybody's going to make a lot of money. The people that buy properties for me are going to get great deals. They're going to find uh, great rent opportunities, great flip opportunities. Frankly, that's why we decided to start a fund. And if I haven't, if you haven't heard already, Mike Marino, a friend of mine, student of mine, somebody who's been part of my, in my training for quite a while, known him for many, many years. Mike and I have decided to start a fund. I'm going to help him with acquisition. He's going to lead the fund. I'm going to be his acquisitions guy. And I'm also going to help him with management of the assets, renovations, the whole nine yards, uh, all the way through to dist distribution. So if you've ever, if you're an accredited investor and you're tired of waiting for someone to produce these amazing deals for you, and you just want to get your money moving, it's time you decided that it's time and you're willing to look beyond a purchase price of something and you're willing to listen to logic, join us on a, on a webinar, look at what we're doing, get an idea for it, get comfortable with it and potentially invest in what we're doing down here. Then you need to go to cashflowguys.com, hit that book Tyler button, and get on my calendar. Let's have a conversation. We can talk about what we're doing down here, talk about when we, as we get our private placement memorandum done. We can talk about what sort of returns we hope to do and what we plan on, how we plan on structuring things in the whole nine yards. But the bottom line is everybody else in America is complaining about how hot the market is. And sometimes the response is writing an offer over list price. And frankly, if you're buying a property as a residence, maybe that makes sense to you because at the end of the day, a property is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And let's say that you're looking at a home right now and it's priced at, I don't know, 300,000 and you're discouraged because the listing agent tells your, your agent that, well, we've already got offers over list price. And you think to yourself, there's no way I can, I'm not going to pay over list price. Well, first of all, do you really know what the property value is? I ask you that because what you might find is that the realtor is not an expert at pricing properties. As a matter of fact, most realtors are not an expert at pricing properties. You know why? Well, it's because they were not given much training on how to do it. Believe it or not, real estate school doesn't really do much to prepare realtors to actually sell real estate. All it really talks about is liability and how to stay out of realtor jail. It does cover valuation of properties, but it basically glosses over it. It doesn't matter what state you're in. They don't get into the brass tacks. That's why they have an appraiser's license. Appraisers go to a whole other set of training, a very specific, uh, very involved training on how to appraise the value of a property. But you know what? That also really doesn't indicate the value. Because if you're going to buy a property, if you're looking for a property right now, a lot of people say you're crazy for buying a property right now. Market's going to crash, yada, yada, yada. I say BS to that. I don't agree with that logic. Because the, if you don't know all the information, it's a little too early to pass judgment. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're going to buy a property right now, sure, property values at some point could go the other direction, could go south for a while. That's just a fact of life. And if you look back in history, it happens about every seven to 10 years. Sometimes it gets big publicity. Other times it doesn't. And to be honest with you, a lot of folks haven't been investing long enough to even remember the crash. Well, I do remember the crash. I was investing through the last crash. I have that notch on my belt. And what I learned is what goes down eventually comes up. So if you're going to buy a property for either a long-term investment or you're going to buy a property to move into and you plan on staying there for, I don't know, five, six, seven, 10 years, something like that, maybe even longer. If it's your forever home, does it really matter what it costs? Or does what really matters is how much per month it costs? And I know that probably sounds like a commercial for Buddy Byright or Rent-A-Center Furniture, but at the end of the day, think about it. If you get to be where you want to be in a home that you're comfortable in and it's within the budget that you set out for yourself and you're fiscally responsible, 
then why not? Do you think that house is going to suddenly come back on the market at the bottom of the market so you can grab it? Is there another house like it in the market or ever in the market? Is it very unique? Is it something that can be duplicated? Or are you just going to kind of table it and put up with what you think you can afford uh, after the market crashes if you were savvy enough to catch it, which everybody, including me, is not? So why not buy that house now? And I'm not just saying that because I sell houses. This applies to you if you live in Chicago or Seattle or I don't care where you live because it really depends on why you're going to buy something. Maybe you're a business and right now you're paying rent. And you're in an area where industrial rents or commercial rents are high. Yes, the commercial market is feeling the pain of the COVID-19 thing, but that's not everywhere. There are no, all markets are not created equal. Markets are very different. There are areas where the commercial retail rents are still significantly high. And in those same areas, you can buy a commercial property and have a mortgage and payment and tax taxes and expense far less by owning than you can by renting. There's a lot of type of commercial properties where if you're land, if you're renting it, the landlord gets a piece of your profits. This is pretty common in the restaurant industry. Where I'm from, Tarpon Springs, Florida, lots of restaurants, lots of Greek restaurants. Greeks, they're smart people, <laughs> very smart people. They know how to eke a profit. Let me tell you, they can make a profit. And the so a lot of the Greeks have went ahead and just bought the restaurant buildings and now they're landlords, two restaurants. Not only do they charge monthly rent, but they also get a portion of the profits. In some cases, I hate to say this with a chuckle, but in some cases they could become so greedy that they wind up running the restaurants out of business. To some degree, you could say shame on the landlord for charging so much. But you could also say shame on the restaurateur for agreeing to it in the first place, not doing the math to realize that they couldn't afford the rent as it begins. So it's really nobody's nobody's real problem. And that comes back to having some sticker shock because they think that just because a building is a million dollars and for a restaurant, that that's too expensive. But they don't sit there and think it through to go, what does that really mean? How much per month does that mean? Well, if that's a commercial building and let's say it's amortized over 20, 25 years, and maybe it's a, you know, three, four, 5% interest rate, that may very well equate to less than rent, especially in a case where a landlord is taking a piece of the profits of the business is additional rent. Maybe you're on a commercial property that's a triple net lease. Triple net lease means as the tenant, you pretty much cover the repairs, you cover the property taxes, you cover pretty much everything. The landlord, if they have debt, covers it and that's about, they don't have any expenses at all. You as a landlord pay everything. Maybe you could buy a building instead of renting it and save yourself thousands of dollars a month. It's absolutely possible. But you see the mention of that million dollar sticker shock freaks people out. So instead, start asking yourself, forget about the purchase price for a second. Start asking yourself, where's the opportunity here? How can I make this work? Geez, I'll never get a loan for a million dollars. Maybe you won't, but maybe your business will. Maybe the Small Business Administration will help you. Maybe you can go to SCORE. The acronym is SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. SCORE is basically some retired CEOs and executives that help mentor small business owners on the ways of getting things done. One of that way is to qualify for mortgage financing. Maybe they can put you on a plan to get your books in order as a business so that your business will qualify for a mortgage. And maybe that mortgage payment will be considerably less than what you're paying in rent now. So imagine if you're a business, especially a small business, and you could reduce your expenses. What's that going to do to your bottom line? It's going to increase it. You're going to make more money. Maybe you're renting right now in an area where you can where buying is cheaper than renting. And that's not true everywhere in the country, of course. It really depends on where you are individually and what type of property you're planning on buying. But there still exists lots of places across the country where it's actually cheaper to own than it is to rent. And I really don't want to hear the objection, well, I'll never qualify for a mortgage. Because I'm here to tell you, they will give a mortgage to anybody that can fog a mirror. There is a mortgage program out there for everyone. There's rent-to-own programs. There's lease-to-own programs. There's 
whatever you want to call them. There's all kinds of different ways you can buy a property. There's property programs out there where you go through training with with these different companies. They'll educate you on, on home how to succeed as a homeowner and all that good stuff. And in some cases, you can get zero down. If you got bad credit, they'll help you sort out your bad credit. If you're a financial train wreck, they'll help you get on, to, on the tracks. There's all kinds of programs out there, guys. Your local HUD office or housing resource office is a great place to start. You're looking to buy your first place, even if you're looking to buy your first investment property. Don't discount these things that are out there because you'd be shocked how much opportunity is sitting right under your nose if you take a minute to stop focusing on the asking price. Because at the end of the day, we have to start somewhere. The seller has to start somewhere. They have to put something out there. It's for sale. Did you, would, does it make any sense for a seller to underprice their property? And let me ask you this. If you were a seller, would you underprice your property? Would you part price it, ask 10 people what they'd pay, and then price it less than that? Of course not. You would price it higher than what you wanted and hope to negotiate. That's what any person would do. That's just human nature, boys and girls. And that's where most people, especially people in the investment space, overlook opportunities. There are opportunities in every single market. I don't care if you're in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, New York City, Walla Walla, Washington, or Fort Riley, Kansas, doesn't matter. Key West, Florida, my new home. There is opportunity absolutely everywhere, but it starts by finding out why somebody is selling. What are they going to do with the money when they do sell? What made them decide to choose this house when they pick this house? What do they love about this house? What don't they love about this house? Asking, finding out what else is going on in the neighborhood, finding out the inefficiencies of a particular area, finding out the inefficiencies of a particular property. Gee, Mr. Jones, this one has a flat roof. How often have you found yourself having to replace the flat roof? Well, Tyler, I got to tell you, I got to do it like every 15 years or every 10 years. I wish I had a pitched roof. Thank you. Know, I agree. And then later you have a conversation about if this had a pitched roof, you could probably get closer to the asking price. Or you're going to have to put a pitched roof on this property because for you, that's what's in your buying criteria. And this property doesn't really fit your buying criteria but you'd like to make an offer anyway. However, you're going to need some sort of concession from the seller such that you have the money left over to put a pitched roof on it because that's what needs to happen. Or maybe it's one of those properties that has an extra lot next door. And the seller says, hey, I'm selling this for $300,000. That lot, that vacant lot, that's worth $200,000 all by itself. Really, Jim? So you're asking three hundred, and the of that three hundred, two hundred thousand is in the lot by itself. That's amazing. And he says, yeah, cool. Well, I don't want the vacant lot. So how about we knock the $200,000 off? You can keep the lot and I'll just buy the building. Jim suddenly gets real quiet. But you see, the $300,000 purchase price just got negotiated because he, by his own admission, divided up and explained how he got to three hundred grand. And by the way, guys, in a story like that, the property's probably worth about one fifty. But see, you can have that talk with that seller and tell him that, well, you really don't want the land. And you know, construction cost is at an all-time high. Two by fours have gone up 300%. So right now is not a, probably not a good time for you to consider building anything. And anyway, you don't know how to build a house anyway. You just want a place to live for you and your aging mom. That's why there's a duplex. So you'd like to absolutely make a great deal for him, with him on the duplex. And based on his own math, you'll be happy to give him full asking price for the duplex. He said that land is worth 200. You'll give him 100,000 for that duplex. And you can close in, I don't know, 30 days. You see how we did that by dialogue? And I'm just using it as a rough example. And I know that's probably a far-fetched example. But the bottom line is, when we back away from the purchase price, and we just instead focus on what we can do with the property, how we can make this work, 
we're going to have a whole different conversation. Guys, I'm, I've been looking at properties down here this week uh, in Key West. I'm driving around the golf cart and checking stuff out. And I've seen some dogs. Let me tell you, I've seen some dogs so much that I walk in there and go, good Lord, Jesus, this thing needs a match. But the land it's sitting on is worth a fortune. Here's the problem. You can't really build like you used to in the Florida Keys. They've restricted it. So we have to look at things from a different light. How do we fix this, not rebuild? Because it's significantly more expensive to rebuild. And a lot of people just think, well, building anything in the Keys is impossible, so I'm not even going to start. So properties sit, tore up all through the Florida Keys and not get taken care of. In other cases, there's storm damage up and down the Keys from previous hurricanes where insurance companies have dragged their feet getting things taken care of with the sellers. And the sellers feel the cost of construction is too high. Now, granted, buying property in the Florida Keys takes a pretty healthy investment, but the returns are huge. That's why we decided to start a fund down here. And this town, Key West, the Florida Keys, is not the type of place that you're going to be some bunch of virtual garbage wholesaling all that stuff real well here. You'll probably get a couple deals done. But at the end of the day, people build relationships here in Key West. You got to know everybody. People are going to ask around who you are. And if they don't know you, they definitely don't trust you. I've learned that. So I spent a lot of time walking around, talking to people, talking to neighbors, shaking hands, telling people that I buy houses and I really do buy houses and I can prove it. And I am really paying cash and we close and we have a reputation and we have the team on the Island that helps us get stuff done. So for us, what seems impossible for other folks is absolutely doable for us. But that begins with not looking at the sticker shock, even on bank foreclosures, having a contact, having a communication with the listing agent, wondering why it's been on the market for 66 days in such a hot market. What's the asset manager's thoughts? What can we do, Jim, to put this together? Jim, my, I, I represent a private equity firm. We want to make this happen. We want to wipe this off your books. How, what do we need to do to make that happen? Tell me what it's going to take to make this happen. We both know that $785,000 for a dumpster is not going to work. So what will work, Jim? You know, what will work? I, I think we could agree that property needs, I don't know, a quarter million dollars worth of work. Is that feasible? Yeah, that's feasible. Okay. No, no, I can get done for a hundred grand. Really? Can you refer me to a contractor that can do it for a hundred grand? Well, um, 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 oh, so again, Jim, tell me how we can make this happen. You see guys, it comes down to dialogue. Each and everything, every deal that we put together comes down to discovering the opportunity, talking to the people involved in the transaction and never, ever letting sticker shock get stand in the way. Guys, I hope you had a great week. I'll catch up with you next week. And again, if you're a accredited investor and you want to get involved in our 506C, you need to go to cashflowguys.com. You need to hit that book Tyler button, whack that button, get on my calendar. Let's have a conversation, get to know each other and see how we can help each other. Guys, have a great week and I'll catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.